You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. If you are someone who likes to have a title for the message, the, the title this morning is God's Growing Family. And we'll come to that in just a moment, but before I do, I just want to pass on some encouragement to you this week. You know, in three weeks' time, we will have our Vision Sunday, and you may have just heard Pastor Martin begin to speak about that, when we we bring an offering and sow into the vision of the house. And I was so encouraged this week because I think it was on Tuesday, I was just trying to do some other work, and I got a phone call, and Sarah phoned up and said, could you come and um, speak to someone? It's like, can you give me a little more, Sarah? And uh, she said, I've got a couple here, and they want to bring some money to the vision offering. So I'm like, well, do they want to bring it on Vision Sunday? She says, they don't come to our church. They're from Nottingham, but they feel God's spoken to them to come and bring some money. So you think, okay, we'll come and, we'll come and speak to them. And this couple had been attending a conference in Birmingham, staying down in the area, and then came to the six last week and heard Martin say something about the vision here and the vision offering coming up. And... They both felt God speak to them to give 500 pounds. And so they turn up here on Tuesday to say, well, we're just doing what the Lord has told us to do. You know when the Lord brings people from other parts of the country and speaks to them to come and sow into what he's asked you to do, that's encouraging, yes? You would be encouraged if the Lord brought you 500 pounds on Tuesday, wouldn't you? So we're encouraged that even before we get to Vision Sunday, even before we've properly engaged with the process of asking God what we should bring, that the Lord is speaking to others from around the country who came to encourage us, to speak to us, to say, we we believe in what the Lord's doing in your house. And I was just so encouraged. I wanted to share that with you this morning. But back to God's growing family. We're going to read some verses from Isaiah 54, verse 1 to 3. Some of you may be familiar with these verses from the words in the NIV where it says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, don't hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you'll spread out to the right and to the left. But I want to bring us to these words from the message translation because sometimes it can just come alive a little more in some fresh language. So here they are on the screen. It says, sing barren woman who's never had a baby. Fill the air with song, you who've never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. And you're going to resettle abandoned cities. I wonder if we could, um, sorry Bertha, this will mess with you a little bit, if we can just go back to where those are on the screen. I wonder if we can read this together this morning, because sometimes actually when we're trying to engage with the word, it helps us to speak it out together. So you've heard it once now, so let's read it together. Sing, barren woman who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song, you who've never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. 
You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Bertha. I want to bring us to these verses here this morning to help us really to revisit and unpack a little of the vision of CLM and the season that we're currently in and to allow this scripture to speak to us again this morning. So let me back up just a little, particularly for those who might have joined recently, or maybe it's your very first time here this morning, and in which case, a really warm welcome to you. Our vision here at CLM, or the way that we articulate our purpose, why we exist, is this. It's going to come up on the screen. It's to bring the kingdom of God into every life and sphere of society. To bring the kingdom of God into every life and sphere of society. We're talking about the rule and the reign of Jesus Christ. We're talking about his ways, his love, his gospel, his grace, his truth, and his power. To do this, it means becoming a church of people who are kingdom bringers or who are becoming kingdom bringers. You know, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which is another term that Jesus used to mean the same thing, it gets mentioned over a hundred times in the Gospels, the four accounts of Jesus' life and teaching. Jesus talked about it a lot. He talked about the kingdom of God all the time. And we have one prayer that is our template prayer from Jesus, from when the disciples said to him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And the words will be familiar to many of you where he said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, God's coming kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, this is central to our business. It's a central concern for Jesus and so it should be for us. What do we mean by a kingdom? Well, a kingdom, the dictionary app really helpfully gives us this definition, kingdom, the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether in heaven or on earth. His kingdom, it's however much room his reign is current and real in. So essentially, we're seeking to increase the reach, increase the influence of the kingdom of God, increase the presence of the ways of Jesus out from where we are. We're looking at bringing his truth and his love, his power and his grace. That's what we mean by bringing the kingdom. And just to help us really to unpack that a little bit, I want us to imagine for a moment and to bring some description. What does it look like when we bring the kingdom? When you and I do this in our day-to-day -day life, what does it look like to bring the rule and reign of Jesus into every life and sphere of society? Well, it begins with reaching every person with the good news, the gospel, that God has sent his son to save them so that they could be saved from an eternity without him in hell because we believe in hell. Bringing the kingdom means taking love to the unloved. It means taking the message of forgiveness to sinners, to people who've messed up, to people maybe who want to give up. It means praying for the sick to be healed. It looks like ministering to those who are suffering. It means setting free those who are oppressed, maybe by some situation or an injustice or poverty. 
or spiritual powers or domestic abuse or whatever other form oppression may take. Bringing the kingdom, it looks like finding those who've been trafficked and liberating them so they can walk free again. It means helping those who are caught up in addiction of many kinds. Bringing the kingdom looks like bringing integrity to business. Creating jobs fairly, righteously. Speaking up for those who don't have a voice in our city. Bringing the kingdom means being known, you and me, where we live and where we work or where we study, being known as followers of Jesus there. And showing those around us something of what God looks like because we're becoming like him, although we're all work in progress. It looks like going into schools or educational settings and carrying the hope and the presence of Jesus. Taking a different message, a different narrative to our children and young people. It looks like being there for those who are alone and lonely. It looks like feeding the hungry. It looks like people who work in business or media or sports. Maybe some of the important people in our city. Maybe in the council, some of the, those who have power and influence. Encountering in their workplaces some of us here from CLM. And noticing in our lives that we're different. Noticing that we don't quite conduct ourselves the same. We don't quite speak the same. And knowing that there's something that we have that they desire, even if they can't articulate it or say what it is. Bringing the kingdom is to bring the love and the life of Jesus Christ into every single place where there's despair or disappointment or darkness. It's just a few ideas to get us started. It's not an exhaustive list. There's more ways. Having people placed in significant roles within the media so the messages that are heard in our city are different. This is what it's like to bring the kingdom. If you've been here for a little while, this isn't new information. It's not a new vision. It's not a new dream. But we're still deeply passionate about transforming our city with the kingdom of God, with the message and the power of Jesus Christ. And there's always a slight tension as we seek to pursue it that we keep needing also to attend to the health of the church, its structures and programs, to accommodate growth as it happens. So our focus has needed to be on both building the house and bringing the kingdom out there beyond these four walls. Last year, as we uh, brought a booklet, as we have done this morning, we'd sensed a fresh call from the Lord speaking to us from these verses in Isaiah to keep enlarging, to keep spreading out, if you like. And so our vision booklet last year had the words on it, going deeper, reaching wider, an articulation of the season we felt that we were in. And true, those words proved to be much more than just on the cover of a booklet, but have helped us to articulate the season and what God is doing in us as a church in this season. And as you read this year's booklet, and I trust you'll be encouraged as you do so, as you read it, you'll see some of the ways in which we've gone deeper in the last 12 months, some of the ways in which we've reached wider. Some of the things we've done are, we had our first corporate 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's going deeper. That's digging deep into God. We launched through our life groups a CLM prayer army, which means that there's always somebody praying for the people and the ministries of the church. 
This makes us stronger. We've rolled out three stages of serving and leading, which is CLM's leadership training. We had a four-week series for our life groups with Dr. John Andrews, helping us learn how to dig deeper into the Bible, that we would keep learning and growing. We've gone deeper by developing an interns program, by running our first youth leadership program for our 16s to 18s. These are just some of the ways that God has helped us to go deeper in this last 12 months. And we're so grateful for what he's helped us to do. In the same period, we've also reached wider. It was made mention of last week, and you'll see it there in the booklet, that in the last 12 months, we've had 81 recorded responses to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's 81 people who've given their life to Jesus. Did you hear that? That's 81 people who've given their lives to Jesus. And that's only the ones who also gave their name and their number. Some will have put up their hand but not wanted to fill in a card, which is totally fine. And there's others beyond that who I know some of you have prayed with in your workplaces or neighborhoods and led them to Jesus there. But because it didn't happen in our building and they didn't fill in a card, we, it's hard to kind of count all the numbers. So it's a conservative estimate of how many have come to Christ through the church. But we've reached wider. We've increased our volunteer engagement with our missions partners, with Food Bank, with CAP, with other mission organizations. You can read about more of those in the booklet. In the last 12 months, we've launched the six, our evening service. And we've launched it because we want there to be room for more people to come and to find Jesus. And we're trying to keep making Jesus really visible in that service so that people can come in and see him and taste him and find him. In reaching wider synergy, our group, or our, those who meet for over 60s, they've been regularly taking services in care homes throughout the year. And they have such an impact. They carry the presence of God into these places and minister to those who are there. As a staff team, we've all been trained to do healing on the streets. And every fortnight now, different members of the team, maybe just two or three each fortnight, go down to join with healing on the streets because we want to be sharpened as a team to reach wider, to always be thinking about what's happening outside our walls and be active in bringing the kingdom of God. Earlier this summer, our life groups following on from our Reaching Wider series, they all Took, uh, undertook some community outreach, did different things. Some went into care homes, some, some did things for those on their street. And it was great to hear some of the feedback from life group leaders when we met together at the beginning of September. Stephen and Stephanie Theophilus were there and they told us what they'd done. They'd done a few different things. One of the uh, activities they'd undertaken was to invite all of their street to a barbecue. They said, look, all year, there's an evening every week when we all park in front of everyone's driveway. So we want to invite you to a barbecue and say thank you. And so they did, and all their street came for a barbecue. And they found that as they did that, many on their street were very open to know what the church was doing, open to hear about it, open to be invited to come. There was one lady they found there who they didn't realize many years ago used to come to CLM but had fallen away. And she said, I didn't realize there were people like you at CLM. I need to come back, vowing to come back. And this was just one of the stories of one of the groups as we've been reaching wider. In fact, we're amazed at what the Lord has done in the last 12 months. We're amazed at what he's enabled us to do. And that's why on the front of the booklet you get today, it's a simple word, amazed. We are amazed 
at what God is doing, what he's helped us with. And yet we have a sense that although we've begun to go deeper, there's more to do. And even though we've begun to reach wider, there's further to reach and that we're not done yet. Our season of going deeper and reaching wider isn't over yet. But we continue to be amazed at what God is doing. So we're brought back to this scripture again today. We're brought back to these words of enlarging the place of your tent, as the NIV puts it, or as in the version we read this, this morning, make your tents large, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive your tent pegs deep. I want to point us this morning to some of the language that Isaiah is using here, the language of a growing family. And he says that you're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Because this is about God's growing family. Because I understand that some of us here in the room this morning, you might think, are we not big enough already? Is this not enough? Look, the room's full. The first service was full. The second service is full. We've got about 1,000 people come every Sunday. Is this not big enough? Could we not stop here? Do we have to keep trying to get bigger? And I get those questions. I understand that. We didn't set out to build a big church we don't make goals around numbers. That's not the way we approach this. You know, for me personally, I grew up in a church that was quite small. It had less than 100 people, and I was really comfortable in that. And then I lived in France for a year and went to a tiny evangelical church, which on our biggest, busiest ever Sunday, there were 25 of us. That was uncomfortably small. But you know, then I moved back to the UK and went to Nottingham and I felt God speak to me to go to a church that was open to the Holy Spirit. That wasn't really my background, but I knew that he was doing something new in me and I wanted to follow. But there weren't many options. There were, in fact, only two. There was one option, which was a small church, about 80 people. They'd even given me lunch the first time I'd gone because you could see that that would be a front runner in my choice. And it was comfortable. It was a nice number. You could get to know people. The only problem was it was two bus rides away from where I lived. There was another church that had about 1,000 people in it, and it was one bus ride away from where I lived. And I could actually get there in time for a service, whereas the other one, I could really only get there if I had a lift. And in fact, any of you who try and get the bus on a Sunday morning, you know that buses on Sunday mornings are just terrible, yeah? Yeah, there's a rumble of a, a witness there in the room. So I ended up needing to go to this church that had about 1,000 people. And I found it big. It's not big by global standards, but it felt big. It felt massive to me coming from a church of 25 into a church of 1,000. And the thing that really got me was they kept talking about needing to grow and needing more space and needing a new building. And I was like, what is this? I don't get it. Aren't we big enough? And then one day I was praying. And as I was praying, I was reminded that in a prayer meeting the previous week, one of the members of staff had brought a word from Isaiah again, but from Isaiah 60, 22, that says, the least of you will become a thousand. And as I recalled that word, I was aware of an internal response in me that was not positive. I was aware inside me that I thought, oh, here, and there they go again talking about numbers. There they go again. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be. And in that moment, as I was aware of that response, the Holy Spirit challenged me. 
the Holy Spirit challenged me that I had a problem with it because I was small-minded. That I had a problem with it because I did not perceive what he was trying to do in the earth. That I did not have any idea of what he was trying to do in the city where I was. That he had so many lost people still to save. So many people still to reach. That he had a growing family that he wanted there to be a home made for. You know, I saw someone as I came from the car park this morning who looked honestly a bit suspicious and a bit dodgy out on the street. And I noticed him because I noticed people like that and I think, what are they doing around church at quarter past eight in the morning? What's happening here? And as I walked into church, I just said, well, ask the Holy Spirit. I said, what's, what's going on here? What do, you, what do you see in that man? And I felt the Holy Spirit say, I see a son. He wasn't coming into church. I don't know why he was here, but he wasn't coming into church. The Lord said, I see a son. You know, he's got a city full of sons and daughters, but this haven't come home yet. Do you understand? We pass people on the street all the time, and we think they're strangers, but they're sons and the daughters, but they just haven't made it home yet. Because God has a growing family that he wants there to be room for. And in that moment when the Holy Spirit challenged me, I knew he was right. He's always right. And I repented in that moment. I tried to put off Something that I live with, a small mindset. And now I seek to do as Isaiah exhorts us in these words, to think big. To think big. To think of the multitudes. To think of the crowds. To think of all the people like the numbers on the screen behind us. All these faces, all these heads. Imagine there are so many more sons and daughters waiting to come home to God's growing family. To find their place and to become bringers of the kingdom themselves. God is growing his family. That's why we keep moving. That's why Isaiah's word speaks to us again this morning, to think big and to spread out. Now, it is true that Isaiah spoke these words first to God's people in a very different place, in a very different time. In fact, when they were exiled in Babylon. And if you've read the book of Isaiah, you realize the first half of the book is quite somber and stark reading because it's about the judgment that comes on God's people when they reject him. In fact, if you've ever read it, normally I find there's some relief when I get to Isaiah chapter 35 because that's when it starts to uh, improve. That's when there begin to be prophecies of restoration and redemption. You see, because God's plan was always to bring people back to himself. And the thing that is wonderful when you do read Isaiah is you realize that when God sent his prophets to speak to his people that he was going to rescue them, the words that he speak don't just speak to God's people for that time. They begin to speak to all those who would follow through history after that. In fact, if you were to read Isaiah 53, just before the verses that we read today, it's one of the most glorious chapters of Scripture. If you've never read Isaiah 53, just make a note right now to read it this week. It has a title in my Bible, The Suffering Servant. And what it was, was hundreds of years before Christ was born, the prophet saw, revealed by God, that Jesus would come and that he would go to the cross. And there'd be a sacrifice in our place of redemption. It says that the punishment that brought him the punishment that was upon him would bring us peace. That by his wounds, we would be healed. You see, the prophet in those days could see because God was revealing something that would be not just for his people in that time, 
but for all people, stretching out ahead, down into the years to come, which is why I believe we can receive these words from Isaiah in the same way we receive that what the Savior did, the suffering servant of Isaiah 53, speaks to us today, rescues us today, saves us today. And so we can accept the words of Isaiah 54, also speaking to the people of God, into what we can grow into because Jesus came, because there was a servant who suffered. We can receive these words. We understand the context into which these words were first spoken, but we believe God speaks to them here, speaks them to us here and now today, to us, to you and to me, to say God is still growing his family. God is still growing his family. The cross still stands and still calls and summons and beckons sons and daughters to come home. You know, the media loves to portray the church as being in decline. And it is true there are pockets where the church is declining, but God is still growing his family and his family is still growing. It is increasing, it is filling the earth. In fact, at the end of the first service, I just met a student who's just arrived from Mauritius. Now my understanding of Mauritius is it's a place where to be a Christian you are highly persecuted. I thought there were very, very few. She said, I'm from a strong and vibrant church that's doing everything it can to bring the kingdom of God. You're like, wow. There's these places we think they're closed to the gospel because things are going on under the radar, but the Lord is growing his family through all the nations of the earth. So there's still a call to go deeper and there's still a call to reach wider, to drive the tent pegs deep, to use plenty of rope to spread out and make your tents large. So how do we understand this picture? You know, if we picture a tent this morning, I think we've got a picture come up here. I've never stayed in one that looks quite that wobbly, thankfully. <laughs> you know, it has poles on the outside, or in this case, uh, sticks. But then it needs ropes and it needs pegs to pull it out tight so it doesn't fall over. And so if it does rain, it hopefully remains waterproof. And the pegs that go deep into the ground, so when the wind buffets it, it doesn't take off. It doesn't give way. And I want you this morning, if you can, just to imagine the church as a tent, being stretched, being expanded, but being secured. And I think there's both a corporate and a personal challenge that comes to us this morning as we look at that picture. You know, corporately for us, to drive our tent pegs deep means to keep engaging in a discipleship journey that roots us in Jesus Christ and that keeps us rooted in Jesus Christ. And we don't just do that for ourselves, but we draw others into that journey. We go with others and we help them make the journey too. We allow Jesus to be at work in our lives, changing us and making us more like him. We keep pursuing freedom in him. I was so delighted to see 37 people begin the Freedom in Christ course this week. Just saying, actually, I need to really engage with the truth of what Jesus has done for me and let it bring me freedom in every area of our life. Driving the tent pegs deep. It's, we're going to keep dealing with the strongholds we find in our lives, with the vulnerabilities we have, because we all have vulnerabilities. We have to keep acknowledging and dealing with them. To drive our tent pegs deep is to deal with the issues that we may find we have with others in the church where there's relational issues or offense, that we deal with it, apologize, forgive, 
but we actively help one another to live in freedom. I believe there's a corporate journey for us to go on, driving our tent pegs deep, a commitment to prayer and to praying together, a commitment to worship and to worshiping together. You know, we can learn as individuals to pray and to worship, and that's part of our growing in Jesus, and that's good. But there's also for us as a church, how we learn to pray together, how we learn to seek God together, how we learn to come in on a Sunday morning and not just go through songs, but to actually press in to the presence of God, to make room so that we are open and ready for his spirit to move and to speak in us and through us sometimes, for the prophetic to be released. You know, more of God himself has to be the foundation for an expanding church that's rooted deeper in him. You may have heard us talk about in our week of prayer and fasting just over a week ago on the Thursday night, we had a prayer meeting that was probably the most extraordinary prayer meeting I've been in certainly since we came here, where there was a sense of the presence of God that was more intense than I have been in for a very long time. It felt like we were standing on holy ground. It felt as though we were able to in some way glimpse something more of the glory of God. And I use those terms very carefully. I don't believe it was just for that one evening. Yes, it was precious to worship together. And there was an intercession that came as we entered that place together and we prayed for our nation. I believe the Lord wants to draw us into a place where every Sunday there's an intensity of his presence here. And I'm grateful for what there is here this morning. I want I want more. I want more of his glory. I want more sense of his majesty. I want someone to walk in off the street and go, God is in this place. I didn't think he was real, but he's here and I can feel him. I can touch him and I know that he loves me. And how do I get clean? Do you want that? I desire that. I desire that to be the church that I'm part of, that we see an increasing sense of the presence of God. And I believe moments like last Thursday are to draw us where the Lord says, I'll show you more if you keep coming, if you keep pursuing me, if you keep driving your tent pegs deep. But it means giving ourselves to one another, to the journey of pursuing God together. I believe the Lord has much more for us than we have yet walked in. In November, we're going to be preaching into this aspect of our life together of seeking and pursuing the presence of God in worship because we want this place to be a place of powerful encounter. And as part of that, I will implore you, please come on time on a Sunday. I know we say it lots, this isn't a matter of housekeeping. Thank you to those of you who do come on time. The reason I mention it is because if we want to journey into the very presence of a holy God, we need to honor his presence sufficiently that we don't traipse in partway through. You know, if we go to a wedding, then you want to get in the room before the bride arrives, yeah? Because you want to not look like you're important enough to just come in when you want. And how much more with the presence of God? Thank you, Liz. One amen. But we want to honor his presence among us and make room for more. This is driving our tent pegs deep. Some of it's simple stuff. Some of it's just decisions we need to make, but a commitment to the journey. Driving our tent pegs deep is going to mean we need to keep developing leaders here at CLM, because as we keep growing, that it's growing leaders that makes 
stability and capacity as we keep enlarging and extending. I know for myself, it's been one of the biggest focuses of the last 12 months, but we're really only just getting started. I mean, to keep growing leaders and pastoral carers as we grow. So how do we make our tents large? How do we spread out? What does that mean for us here? Well, I believe in the last 12 months, we've really just got serious and intentional about reaching out before the four walls of our church. It's always been there in our hearts, but we've really just changed our game in the last 12 months. But I think for us now to say to spread out is to go again. It's like, let's not stop now. Let's not stop having had a little go and then we pull back and it goes back to business as usual. If we go now and we spread out and we push forward again, then it means we can change the culture actually that we just actually become a different kind of church that reaches out. We don't compromise going deeper, but nor do we compromise reaching wider. That it's part of our DNA to reach others. It's part of our DNA to share with others. It was so wonderful when Mark Ritchie was here, an evangelist, a few months ago. And so many people had invited friends. That even when, as always happens, some people drop out at the last minute or some don't come. But so many had been invited that the place was packed. We were bundling out more chairs, just trying to fit them all in. So many faces who didn't know Jesus, who'd come in and were hearing for the first time. And responding to the message that Jesus Christ loves them and gave himself for them. But what if we keep reaching wider? Friends, what if we keep inviting people? What if we just keep looking for opportunities around our lives to share the stories of what God's doing in us, of how kind he is to us? What if we just keep looking around our lives to see who God might be working in? Because I believe that if we keep doing this, if we spread out from where we are now, we can really begin to see many, many people find Jesus. I believe we could see an exponential growth of the gospel through us here as we simply just keep reaching wider, one life at a time, one person at a time, but it just becomes who we are and what we do. You share what God does and you'll find that it impacts others' lives. What if CLM could become known in our city as the place where you go when you want to find God? For people who don't know him, for people who don't have a faith or maybe come from a different faith background, that they would know that this is where you come because so many people have been invited here and tasted something of God that even if they don't keep coming, that they'd be telling others that actually if you want to find God, you go to CLM. I believe that can happen as we keep reaching wider, as we spread out, as we think big, as we don't just stay in the confines of who we are and how we are today. I believe if we keep intentionally partnering in our city to meet the needs, then we will be seen to be a blessing in our city. That when people look at the church, they will no longer see the church they used to see, but they'll see those are the ones who are making a difference. Those are the ones who are making an impact. You know, already partnering in some projects in the city and the council keep coming and saying, could you expand this? Could you do more? Because what we do makes a difference, not just CLM, but alongside other churches. But as we do this, we get seen to be a blessing and it changes how people perceive the church. And you know, as people perceive the church differently, they perceive Jesus Christ differently. And some hearts that were closed will become open. So friends, as we lead here, we're gonna keep leading us to reach wider. We're gonna schedule our programs and training and activities and preaching and all of those things to drive our tent pegs deep 
and to reach wide, to make our tents large, to spread out, to think big for God's growing family. But what about on a personal level? Because we can all just be part of something that other people are doing. We can tag along, but how does this hit for us personally? I'm conscious as I speak this morning about God's growing family, that addition to the family, new additions only truly happen when God does a sovereign, supernatural work in somebody's life and brings them to new birth. That's how God makes children. That's not something we can do or we can make happen. But as God's growing family that are already in the house, we can commit to keep growing. We can, by his grace, not stay as we are. I believe that every one of us in the room, deep down inside, we want to spread out. We want to enlarge. We want to fulfill the potential that is over our lives. We want our lives to count for something. We want our lives to be invested in the eternal. We want to get bigger and not smaller. But that requires us to spread out, to drive our tent pegs deep, to think big and use plenty of rope, to think, how can I fill a bigger space? How can I enlarge and grow? Because as we do that, then we make room. And then as God brings to birth new children, there is a home for them, there is a place for them, and we make room for God to do what he can do. So as I come towards the finish this morning, I want to bring us a personal challenge. As we're amazed here at what God has done so far, and we hope you're encouraged as you read the booklet and think about what God has done and what you're a part of, we're rejoicing at being part of God's growing family where he is at work and he is continuing. We know that we're going to continue to be amazed by what he does. And there's simply three things that I want to encourage you and invite you to commit to this morning as a response to these words. And the first one is this, would you commit to spread out, to reach out where you are, wherever you've been placed, wherever you work or study, or where you live in your neighborhood, or where you go and serve or volunteer, wherever that is in your life. You can reach people that I cannot reach. You can reach some people that no one else in the room can reach. You're the one who's there. Would you commit in this next year to be one who spreads out, to spread out, to impact the lives where you are, to share something of what God is doing in you, to invite others. Would you commit to spread out? Secondly, this morning, I want to ask, would you commit and be willing to use plenty of rope, to not hold back, to be generous? You know when people come in here and they don't know anyone, they need you to be generous with yourself, to welcome them, to help them find a cuppa, to maybe offer to meet them when they come next week or to look out for them so they could sit by you. It means for us to be generous, to use plenty of rope. But when it comes to Vision Sunday in three weeks' time, well, I invite you, would you be willing to ask the Lord what he's asking you to do, and what he's asking you to give, and then just to do what he asks of you. Use plenty of rope. And the third thing that I want to ask of you this morning, would you commit to drive your tent pegs deep? Will you commit to journey deeper with God this year? 
to go deeper in prayer, to go deeper in surrender, deeper in worship, deeper in obedience. You know, just sometimes when you go camping and you pitch the tent and you, you bang the tent pegs in, sometimes you hit something hard in the ground. And sometimes you just, you hit a bit harder and then the peg goes in and it's all good. But sometimes you hit and it gets stuck and it gets stuck and you hit a rock. And actually you can still keep banging until the peg goes flat in. But when you take it out later, you realize the peg didn't go any deeper in the ground. The peg just bent because the ground was unyielding. And the truth is that some of us here, that even though we know Jesus and we have a relationship with Jesus, there's things in our heart and our lives that are unyielded to him. They're like hard places. Either because we've been hurt and we haven't dealt with it, or there's sin and strongholds that we have either struggled to overcome or won't let him help us with, or we've just hidden because it seems more comfortable that way. Or maybe we're just stubborn in this next season it's time to yield so the tent pegs can go deep it's time to bring those struggles freshly to Jesus you might need some help from a brother or a sister as well but there's power in Jesus to get free and to get breakthrough and victory so I simply want to invite us to respond this morning in whatever way you know that you need to grow this year, that actually this morning we collectively and individually might say, yes, Lord, we receive your word and I want to spread out. I want to use plenty of rope. I want to drive my tent pegs deep. I want to be part of your growing family, to be part of what you're doing in the earth, bringing your kingdom, resettling an abandoned city. In a moment, I'm going to pray, but I want to give you opportunity to respond this morning. Maybe it's simply a heart that says, count me in. I don't know what it's all going to look like. We're going to respond. I ask you right now to stand where you are. If you say this morning, yep, I want to grow. I want to spread out. I want to drive my 10 pegs deep. And let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege of being part of your growing family. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who came and suffered in our place and on whom every part of the family is built. And it's all from you. And so we say thank you this morning. Thank you, you've come and found us and given us a place in your house. And we respond to your word this morning. As we're amazed at what you've already done, we thank you that you draw us on because you desire to do more. And we pray that you'd hear the cry of our hearts and you would help us. Help us to spread out, not to think small, but to think big. Would you help us, Lord, to use plenty of rope, to be generous with what you put in us and with who we are so that we help to grow your family. And Lord, would you help us to drive our tent pegs deep, to go deeper in you in this coming year to know you more and to take new ground and to see more of who you are and we thank you for we know you will help us and equip us and be with us every step of the journey and we pray Lord that you'll bring great glory to your name and that you will grow your family
beyond what we could have hoped or dreamed. We ask it in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.